Hello, Wrestler Review Faithful. Uh, it's Dylan here. I have contracted COVID-22. Get it? And there won't be a new episode this week because my kid has it too. So I just picked one of the old-ass Patreon episodes. Please enjoy this episode that I haven't selected yet as of this recording, but I'm sure is fucking regrettable. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the year 2021, or it's Patreon during the coronavirus pandemic. Time to not. <laughs> oh, yeah! Vince McMahon, let's talk about some people who did drugs and he gave money to on our Patreon and eventually regular stream. I am John, not going to get the virus or do you have a different virus? Not AIDS though, something dirtier. Yeah, I'm going to get one of those viruses where you're fucking got a huge cock and then you, <laughs> get, you suck your own cock and then you leave your wife. You know how funny it would be? You know how funny it would be to be like shot right now? <laughs> You know what I mean? You like walk into a hospital. It's like, oh my god, do you have the virus? No, I'm coughing because I've lungs are filling with blood. I've been shot. We'll get in a goddamn seat and we'll get to you later. Oh, you don't have the sniffles? Well, fuck you, pussy. You dumb bitch, whore. I did think about that yesterday when I was on a fire escape because uh, I'm self isolated in L.A. Oh, John, did you buy supplies? Somewhat. I also purchased an Xbox. And I... Uh, <laughs> that is supplies. Yeah, baby. I haven't owned a TV since 2008. That's great. You haven't owned a TV since 2008? No. You have a fascinating life. When I went into John's apartment, it was just... Uh, it was just... You had a you had a bed frame, but it was just a couch staring at nothing. <laughs> I was like... This is my couch where I look at the wall. <laughs> uh, this is where I contemplate. Like I've had, I've had TVs in places I've lived. I've never owned them, nor have I ever really used them. And let me tell you, they've really moved forward in TV technology. Hasn't? Wow, twelve years then. Yeah. So in the last twelve years, you were like, "Whoa, look at this! These flat screens are—they're uh, really bringing it." Laptop. Like I just always had a laptop. Why was I gonna? Why is it gonna, so I can watch the ah! Pandemic or no pandemic, John's going to drop his phone out of nowhere. <laughs> I dropped the phone. I dropped the phone in which I'm talking to Dylan. Uh, why am I going to buy a TV in England so I can just watch Have I Got News For You? I got some news for you. Yes. I don't like that show. We had a picture tube TV that was just there in the place and it was very funny. Yeah, Dylan lived in, how would I describe Dylan's house? If um, suicidal depression was a building and a man with cerebral palsy had to live upstairs. It was like the it was like the house in SLC Punk, but without the like we're punks part, so it makes sense. Yeah, just a bunch of guys tucking in their shirts. All right, make, yeah, fight. Make sure the house doesn't stain you on the way out. <laughs> yeah, it was the Fight Club house without any of the like we're gonna revolutionize the world. It was just sad guy Fight Club. What I like about that house is that people got evicted from it because the people that owned the house realized it was now in a nice neighborhood and they were like, oh, they want repairs so it's going to be livable. No, we should do kick them out and sell the house. And yeah, that was always going to happen. <laughs> like, 
So check this out. We're, of course, talking about, I would say, pound for pound, the dumbest wrestler I've ever heard of in my life, Ken Patera. I disagree entirely. Um, I wouldn't say he's the dumbest wrestler ever. I would say that he is the perfect 1980s wrestler. Let's go through the list of what he's got. Big muscles? Check. Can't read? Check. Drug problem? Check. Still kind of happy with the decisions he made? Big time check. Racist? Probably. <laughs> I don't know. His So originally, go on. I had thought what a fucking loser <laughs> because he was the wrestler in a family of people who had accomplished things such as his brother played in the NFL for 7 years and his father was the NFL coach of the year in 1978 when he was coaching the Seahawks. Yeah, but this is the thing. I read that too and immediately went, no, because this isn't NFL now. NFL only became like the cool sport in the early 90s. Before that, it was very much the number two in some areas of the United States than a number three sport to baseball and then basketball. It was the weirdo sport. It was the weirdo sport with the weirdo rules. It had both, like, it had all these weird owners. Yeah, no, because it wasn't that prestigious. Most of them still had other jobs and at least had debilitating cocaine problems. Well, here's what I was going to say. I was going to say he is clearly worse than his, uh, he's clearly worse than his father, who was the coach of the year and coached a NFL football team for six years. Okay, so that's, he's worse than his but his brother, who I thought, this guy played in the NFL for seven years. He must have been. He was drafted in the 17th round. He was a kicker, and he clearly was only in the NFL because of his father being a head coach because he was a kicker, and his lifetime average in kicks was two for eight. And his longest <laughs> kick was 21 yards, less than an extra point is now. That I could. That's achievable for either one of us, and I'm... That is achievable for either one of us. Yes. I, like I have no eye-hand coordination whatsoever, but I'm in pretty decent shape. Dylan is surprisingly strong. No cardio. It's weird. I've seen no him cardio. go to the gym. He asks them to turn the ellipticals off. Turn those off. <laughs> I don't want to see anyone on a treadmill. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand them. They're not. They're not going anywhere. Just go to the goddamn store. Witches. Witches. You're all witches. He yells. Oh, you should also know Dylan is completely naked at the gym. He goes completely. I am completely nude. He goes completely nude, greased. Greased up. I'm greased up. I'm hard as fuck. Of course. I'm there to fuck. Everyone's hard as fuck at the gym. That's something they don't tell you. Every man at the gym, to really make sure your blood is flowing, takes at least two Cialises and half a Blue Chew that they bought after listening to Jim Cornette's podcast. Get a fucking blue chew, get someone confused, and fuck them. All right, you fucking cunt. Let me tell you something. Sometimes you gotta fuck someone who doesn't believe in fucking Barack Obama's fucking presidency. Take two blue chews and then fuck <laughs> them in their fucking asses, and then healthcare is cool. Fuck yeah. Man, I know we're dating this, but Jesus Christ, I can't believe they're doing WrestleMania. Uh, okay, let's talk about this for two minutes, and then we'll get into Ken Patera. I mean... I can't believe that they're not still doing it in the arena and Vince McMahon isn't forcing Saudi Arabia to fly in people to watch it. Right? Like, I'm not surprised at all. There was no... Like, to bring you guys up to speed, and this is going to sound weird being listened to because this is going to go Patreon this week, uh, full stream when we're done the McMahon thing next year. 
Um, I lost six weeks, potentially the rest of the year's worth of income because stand-up it requires yep. a gathering of more than ten people, as did Dylan. The and the reason why our closures didn't happen right away when all this happened is based purely off of insurance payouts to the venue so that they can have protection through this being closed. Will Dylan and I see any of this insurance money? Absolutely not. Now, um, what uh, Vince McMahon literally did was he waited for the city to issue an order so what he can then do is turn around and sue his insurance company for what he would say would have been the average profit of that event. So what they'll do is they'll take the profits that WrestleMania has earned over 36 years to determine the profit, which is very funny, and that he'll be like, well, WrestleMania 17 made $50 million. Give me $50 million. And they'll be like, no, you weird man. It's an average. And he's like, that's the average we go by. Yeah, so that's what's happening. It's the same thing why AEW is not canceling. Because it also, if they cancel, it'll void contracts and all that sort of stuff. So AEW is more than likely going to be doing their shows on a TNT set somewhere in Florida. Jim Cornette was very excited at the prospect. Studio wrestling! And then it was like, no, but those people can get infected too. He's like, well, I don't fucking know. <laughs> well, what's it? Goddamn. What is interesting is this, I think, will have long-lasting... If we're talking about wrestling... And you could be listening to this in a year from now, and you'll now know. I think it will have long-lasting effects on how wrestling is promoted, particularly AEW, which is having trouble getting fans to big show uh, to arenas. I wouldn't be surprised if they start incorporating a studio element into it, especially with the success and the cool-looking presentation of NW of the NWA. Like. The NWA looks like a genius in that they have so many bank shows. They're going to actually look like the most current, interesting product for a while. Yeah. And they got Marty Scroll wearing that plague mask. So they're one of their top dogs is protected. <laughs> Everyone's canceled everything. I think that it'll be interesting to see what independent companies go out of business here. It'll be interesting. The, the world's going to be in a horrible recession. Like that's... It's a... Uh, we're, I'm going to have to drive uh, Uber Eats. <laughs> there's going to be a lot more. There's going to be a lot of competition for uh, Skip the Dishes and Uber Eats jobs, guys. It is. It's going to be, but it's going to be brief. The thing with it is, is that it, even if this lasts a year, the money is still there. Um, it's looking like most Western countries are either going to uh, issue checks to citizens and permanent residents. They're going to prop up small businesses and then people will come roaring back. Um, it's one of those things where it, this isn't an economic problem. This is an effect on the economy. It's why the, a lot of economists, it's also a, why don't put all your fucking money in the stock market, by the way, my dad and my friend who are all freaking out and always, Oh, you should put money in the stock market. My money's fucking fine. Me and Dylan got, we don't go out for dinner every fucking night. So guess what we can afford to not have a job for a year. Granted, we're going to need everyone listening to this to really start donating to the Patreon, or this podcast <laughs> is going to be live from Tent City in Los Angeles. Which I would do. Oh, yeah. Dylan has wanted to go to Tent City for a while. A couple of reasons. One, he wants to do heroin. Two, Latin chicks. Yeah, is this where they keep the fucking Latin cunt? That's what I say anytime I'm in Los Angeles in any store. Even Best Buy. <laughs> Especially Best Buy. So we'll talk about Ken Patera here. Here's my favorite thing about Ken Patera is that uh, he admittedly, in 1972 Olympics, the senior nationals, 
Oh, sorry, the 1972 Summer Olympics. He did not train for them. He got drunk with Ric Flair the whole time. Constantly, apparently, when speaking with Ric Flair, just tells the story like, "Would have won gold if we weren't having too much fun." <laughs> you don't need to smoke. You don't need to breathe to lift weights. Takes ten cigarettes, eats them, then lights them. Yeah, because he, Ric Flair says the first time he met him was uh, he lit up a fucking Pall Mall and he ordered a shot of vodka, which says so much. So that's up there with. Um that's up there with, I once was at a comedy show, and this was, I didn't even witness this. Another comedy show, the promoter had to call a guy I was on a show with just to tell him that a noted junkie who does comedy walked in, took his drink ticket, used it for a shot, and then said, can I have another drink ticket? Because shots don't count as drinks. <laughs> That's good stuff. Australian comedian Greg Fleet, who, was that, who that was. I don't know why I was trying to protect his anonymity. Noted, noted junkie, junkie, noted thief. Noted junkin. Actual things. Oh, that's sick. Um, so uh, Patera started smoking at 10 because... Yeah, the 70s. He's an old weird man. No, that's just... This, the is, the, this, is, the, uh, this is the era, though, where it's like, you can look at the old... There's an old documentary on the Oakland Raiders uh, Super Bowl winning team, and... When he has the greatest sideburns? Oh, yeah, this is good stuff. Yeah, they couldn't lift him because they tried to lift him off the field and uh, when they won the Super Bowl, and they couldn't. Like, they weren't strong enough. <laughs> and, and their best wide receiver, Fred Bolitnikoff, was like a ch- would smoke on the sidelines. <laughs> was, it was great. There's also an excellent – I don't I, – a friend of mine had it up, which was – it's a photo of the Pittsburgh Pirates baseball team. And yeah. it's just them in the dugout before they're playing like a home opener. And three quarters of them are smoking, and someone's lighting the manager's cigar. Like literally, they're like, "All right, we gotta take a photo before these professional athletes get out." Wait a minute, who's got the fucking Marlboros? I need to relieve some stress. <laughs> so he won several medals. Patera did in the 1971 uh, Pan Am Games. He finished second in the World Weightlifting Championships. He finished fourth in the U.S. Weightlifting Championships in the Super Heavyweight class from 1969 to 1972. He was the first American to clean a jerk over 500 pounds, which he accomplished at the 1972 Senior Nationals in Detroit. The only American to clean and press 500 pounds. Yep. One, do you ever feel bad for super heavyweights and that they work super hard to be super strong and then still look like anyone that's let themselves go? Two... I cleaned and jerked before we started doing this podcast. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very funny to give the name the clean and jerk. Like, how about we call it the masturbation? (laughs) No, that's too suggestive. How about fucking your dad? No, that's not suggestive enough. Stop laughing. Stop laughing at clean and jerk. All right, let's change the name to um, grab shaft till white goo comes. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> Much cleaner. Let's call it milk and the snake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's call it. <laughs> Let's call it dumping goop. Oh, oh. Dice Clay made everything. I told you that I uh, I have run into Andrew Dice Clay now twice at the Los Angeles Comedy Store. Uh, both times, he is dressed. Uh, like he is some sort of villain from Buckaroo Banzai, a Buckaroo Banzai sequel that has not been made. And I don't know if 
I don't think he. I still maintain. I think he know he leaves that character when no one's watching. But I I believe that he thinks people are always watching. Yeah, he's like a carny from the eighties. Yeah. What do you, I wonder if he is just that guy now? Because like, if you do something enough, you, it just becomes who you yeah, are, right? Like with you and sex crimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With me and fucking uh, getting it in, being a pedophile. Yeah, consensually Enjoy editing that. No, not being a pedophile. <laughs> Dylan got pedophile. That's how the coronavirus spread. Actually, John fucked a bunch of nine-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> Edit this out. Uh, 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 I coughed and then I nutted a nine-year-old. No, no, I didn't do any of that. I'm a good man. I'm sorry. He calls them fine-year-olds. <laughs> Holy shit. That's what John calls them. I do not call them that. I mean, I don't call them anything. Let's talk about more of his records. Snatch. 300. <laughs> Snatch. That's good. <laughs> I mean, who made these weightlifting terms? A fan of our, pro- uh, our beautiful program? I don't know. I... Some, it's probably some, like, vice principal school who was like, I don't see how this is funny at all. What's with all the giggling, gentlemen? Gentlemen? (laughs) Gentlemen. Yeah. Very classic Canadian vice principal move in the 90s, by the way, just calling snickering 10-year-olds gentlemen. (laughs) Gentlemen. 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 So all these records were achieved at a meet in San Francisco, July 23rd, 1972, which is exactly the time when he has just got into wrestling and is just sexually harassing women oh, with Ric Flair. Yeah, he is Ken Harvey Weinstein more like. Yeah, that's the snatch. <laughs> uh, his record at that meet in San Francisco, snatch, uh, 386.5 pounds. Uh, that was also the amount. If you weighed the flaps of the women... He said rude things to in that weekend, same weight. Um, the clean and jerk, 505.5 pounds. Uh, that is the uh, weight of mine and Dylan loads combined. Um, and then the 0.5 is uh, Graham K's loads for his entire lifetime. The clean and press. To be fair, yeah, go ahead. that'd probably be a lot in real life. <laughs> yeah, but over his entire lifetime? 0.5 of a pound over his entire life. That's the rest of that is just you and me, two loads each. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep a jacuzzi next to my bed for when my wife's here, so I give her, I give her a bit, I give her a couple of drops, and then. Uh, Every time I come, so it's like when you're a- trying to piss into a, a a bottle while driving. It's overflowing. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's very good. Have you ever pissed in a bottle while driving? No, but I like I've pissed in a bottle while someone else is driving. Oh, who? My friend Paul. We were in. It wasn't even like we were on a road trip. I just wanted to see if I could do it. <laughs> yeah, everyone does. Yeah, it's not fun. This is what that's what white teenagers do is they just drive around pissing in <laughs> bottles. <laughs> oh, white teenagers do the worst things in the world. Let's fucking light that fucking store on fire so then no one has a job. Yeah. I mean, white. <laughs> you're literally not far off from, we literally would just go down to the river and start fires. <laughs> yeah, of course. And it's a thing, by the way, that's done. Like, Ottawa is so fucking weird in that they're like, oh, these, it's, it was, it's like a known thing. It's like, oh, spring and fall. That's when the teenagers get bored and try and set the river on fire. 
also the only place that even still I know because you know the you know time was that um, gay gentlemen would have to have cruising spots where they could secretly go and get sucked off and butt fuck each other so that they wouldn't be uh, arrested or persecuted because of hate. And now because of the acceptance of uh, gay people, thank God for that, even though Dylan doesn't like them, I do, um, those cruising spots don't really exist. Not in Ottawa. If you are anywhere near Tunney's Pasture, head to those bushes down by the river, and you will see a bunch of government workers, probably with wives, getting their peens chewed. Getting pumped up the dump. Getting pumped. Pumped up the dump. Uh, the other place in Ottawa, if you're looking to have some low-down man sex, is behind the Parliament buildings where all the cats live. Uh, and a friend of mine learned that because he broke up with a girl and went for a ro- walk down there, and he was crying by himself, and the guy went, what's what's the matter? What's the matter? And he was like, oh, I go through a breakup, and the guy's like, I can help, and then just took out his dick, and he was like, oh, no thank you. And then he got pumped in the dump. I, maybe he did. I hope he did, actually. <laughs> he seemed like the kind of guy that... Could, he could have used the release. Did you know your G-spot is on your dick and my mouth is on your dick? That was That's something people say. Did you know your G-spot's in your ass and there's a bunch of pencils in my ass? They broke off. Get me to a hospital. <laughs> that's something I say. Hey, <laughs> in this age of coronavirus, let's fuck. Do you have... Oh my god, why are you here? You have coronavirus? No, pencils in the butt again. I'll just stand. I'll just stand till you're ready. Ken Patera competed in the inaugural World's Strongest Man Contest. He finished third, 1977. I want to say this, though. This man's life is a bronze medal. Like, this guy is literally just like, <laughs> are you as good good as your dad? Don't want to be. Are you as good as your brother? Fuck you. What year did you come? Third place, baby. Still got something to show for it. Now, if everyone be quiet, I have a wicked brandy hangover. This is the other thing. This is five years into him 100% being a legitimate alcoholic, like a no no, uh, no questions needed alcoholic. And uh, the second thing is, this is the world's strongest man before uh, people from Iceland started co- competing, <laughs> so it doesn't count. Yeah. This is literally like all the people's... This is like NBA basketball before black yeah, people. It's, exa- it's exactly the allegory I was going to make. Like the reason why Larry Bird gets to be a legend is he was a white man who was good in the age of black people finally being allowed to play basketball. Um, yeah, the Iceland people. Also, Iceland. I've never felt more comfortable in a country in my entire life because everyone has my body type. Glorious place. White. Yeah. Yeah. White. Only white guys in Iceland. Not, John feels great. Not true. There was, and I'm going to say it. And they are very aware of it. More black people than you'd expect in Iceland. As something, and that was literally told to me by the taxi driver in going into the airport or into the city from the airport unsolicited. And I'll tell you this: I'm glad he was. He warned me. No, he plugged. He, you uh, no. plugged your nose. No, you plugged no. your nose. That's because I. And you heard that. You went. That's because Ew. he farted, Disgusting. Dylan. That's because he farted. It had nothing to do with what he was oh, okay. saying. <laughs> There's more black guys than you'd think. Plus, I. Pretty sure I got a bit of skid marks in yeah, my jeans. Yeah, a couple of things just you need to know nah. about Iceland. I just wet shitted in my trousers. <laughs> Windows are broken, so you better fucking enjoy the soup. <laughs> I just made some chocolate pie in my pantaloons. I got the virus. <laughs> Do you think your relationship is... Psych out. <laughs> Ooh, 
See, the thing about the virus is, has anyone tried jacking it out? No, but don't. <laughs> uh, 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 oh, it's it's working faster. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan. Um, oh, I can feel it speeding up. Why'd I do this? Dylan, is your marriage strong enough to survive you full on, and not not diarrhea or a bit like, but full on shitting your pants? What you, leads you to believe it's been 11 years and I haven't already done that? I know that you've pissed in a lot of places. I don't think you've shit. Have you shit your pants in front of your wife? I pissed on her. I pissed on her tent in like the first three months we were dating. I was drunk. I left the tent and then I turned around <laughs> thinking the tent was a tree and I pissed all I over that. It. There was also a time you got super drunk and then just tried to piss on all of her books. <laughs> I did piss on all of her books. Yeah, I was back. At, I was back in Ottawa. Dylan was on the road then. I was uh, there uh, grieving my grandmother. And Dylan met me in a food court and told me that story. And I got to tell you, brightened my day. <laughs> That's what I call my wife, my hand mother. Cause she gives me so many hand jobs. I'm on fire today. <laughs> uh, That's the creepiest thing you've ever said. And this is it. You're my hand mother. Ooh. So here's how you get Tony Atlas. Or sorry, Tony Atlas. That's why I said Tony Atlas. But here's, I want to say this, Ken Patera. Here's how you get Ken Patera over. Yeah, he just did feats of strength. That's it. Yeah, of course. And it was some of them were legitimately, some of them were super impressive, but they didn't look impressive. There was one where he would like stop a truck from running him over. So the driver just put on the brakes, basically, is what you're saying? No, he would, the driver would, they would have a truck uh, and then he would put him, he was wedge his feet in between him and the truck and the wall, along with putting a... uh, like a towel behind him so he didn't like get his back all cut up and then the person driving the pickup truck would floor it and Patero would hold off the pickup truck with his feet and they would just get footage of the pickup truck spinning in place because he couldn't fucking move Ken Patero goddamn that's fucking crazy but it didn't look that impressive because they didn't have more than one camera so you couldn't see patera actually flexing does that make sense you just see a truck spinning its wheels and you'd be like you could have done that six different ways um this is awa right is when they're doing these feeds of strength or is this wwwf i can't i get confused no this is this was old this was like this may have been mid-south of course they wouldn't go get a second camera this is all off youtube i wouldn't i didn't watch the you know of course like i Why'd the territories fail? A variety of missteps, I will tell you, is part of it. And this is a big one. Oh, this guy's doing crazy feats of strength. Are we going to edit it or get a second camera? No. One camera. What am I going to do? Drive to the TV TV studio? I don't fucking think so. Yeah, exactly. We could just ask for a second camera from the TV studio that we make all the money off of from. Uh, No. No. So Patera came became a strongman in pro wrestling 1973. Following his late weightlifting career, he had a stint in the AWA. That's by the way how he got into wrestling. How he got into wrestling was oh, Vern Gagne, because uh, his brother knew Vern Gagne. Vern actually sponsored him while he trained for the Olympics. And instead of training for the Olympics, he of course became an alcoholic with Ric Flair, which served Vern Gagne's interests quite well because. If you're an alcoholic, then you start wrestling. 
And then Vergani, I'm assuming, was like, after you win a medal, I get to pin you. And then everyone in the Olympics says, Vern's the yeah, winner. <laughs> this way, I'm better than the Chinese. Also, um, <laughs> how about this? Can you organize me pinning all the Chinese? Don't even need them to be athletes. Also, in classic form, ladies and gentlemen, I have been watching nothing but wrestling shoot interviews. And um, this is a classic move of the Ganyas, by the way, is that they basically trolled the Olympics looking for anyone of any nationality that they could then turn into an Olympic hero. Uh, one of the and I'll say this very quickly, but it's just a very funny version of the Ganya's lying. Greg Ganya claims the reason why he was fired from WCW is he and his dad were training a Russian man, and he pitched a three-match series against Hulk Hogan where he fought this unknown amateur Russian wrestler, and they're like, "We'll make billions in Russia and Japan and America, Hulk." And then Eric Bishop fired Greg Ganya for um, working with wrestlers and a company that wasn't WCW. And he's like, that guy's a snake. You're allowed to do what you want under contract. And it's like, no, Greg, you're a fucking loser. Um, so <laughs> this is Greg Gagne. Greg Gagne. Greg Gagne. If um, a wet handshake was a person, Greg Gagne. <laughs> Again, the Olympics were essentially Vern's trolling ground for people he could bring in because he thought the the Olympics were really... The thing you have to remember about the Ganyas is the Ganyas are essentially a family of old-school Canadian weirdos in that they're like, yeah. they do not believe in paintings, but the Olympics are incredibly important. Like, to them, Donovan Bailey is more famous than Bono from U2. Greg Ganya, <laughs> because of during the coronavirus, crap, clap down, clap down. I've been watching nothing but wrestling shoot interviews and playing GTA 5. <laughs> What's up? I'm uh, 34 years old. Uh, hey, um, he claims that the reason why he was fired from WCW uh, after Hogan was brought in was because he and his father were secretly training a Russian wrestler named Alex Kolenko, who they were then going to have a match between Hogan and that guy in Russia and then America and then Japan. And be like the best in America versus the best that Russia has to offer. And Eric Bischoff fired him, being like, "Why aren't you bringing talent to WCW? Why are you training a wrestler on the side when you're supposed to be finding us talent?" And then Greg's like, "That guy's a traitorous snake, and he stole all my ideas." Greg Gagne, <laughs> I'm going to say this right now, is the worst wrestling personality of all time. I'm, I'm counting why all of the, he's such a wet little fucking. Bitch. You know what? Why don't we just do a Greg Gagne episode for the Patreon? Great idea. Yeah. I like that this, pa just this Patreon episode. yelling about Greg Gagne. Ladies and gentlemen, strap in. We're doing Duke the Dr Dumpster Drossy next. After that, Greg Gagne. <laughs> Greg. How do, you, how do you recover from a year of Vince McMahon truly telling the story of professional wrestling and now... The final episode's literally going to be about the coronavirus and how Vince McMahon came to the decision to make WrestleMania in the Performance Center with no fans. Well, hi, Greg I'm Gagne. Greg Gagne. I'll tell you how. Uh, he's ripping that off from the AWA because we did the Battle Bowl in an empty arena and he everyone knows how successful that was and so he's taking that from us. I'm Greg Gagne. Don't, where's Vern? 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 <laughs> Vern, smell my penis, Vern. Vern it's been in a whooping again. I'm hungry, Vern. <laughs> Vern. Vern. <laughs> I'm hungry, daddy. Vern. I don't call him daddy. Daddy is a weak man. Vern is strong. 
Vern, so, Vern is the only man I know who pees sitting down and shit standing up. Vern, Vern. <laughs> you reverse it. That's the way the communists don't get cha. So after a stint in the AWA, of course, with old Vern Gagne, his first major feud was in the Mid-Atlantic Territory against Johnny Valentine, Ooh. and Patera was the face. If he wasn't an alcoholic before, he'll be an alcoholic now because now he has to talk to wrestling's greatest undiagnosed autistic man. My name is Johnny Valentine. Yeah. We listen to opera in the car. No talking. And also, uh, this is probably when he was first introduced to cocaine and by God, uh, he likey. Is Johnny Valentine a noted coke user or are we talking about Ken Patera? Because I'm going to assume Ken Patera found cocaine and was like, oh, cool. I can drink and talk. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, Ken Patera for sure. Ken Patera just feels like he was so much more gifted than anyone else in his family, and he squandered all of it just by being a fucking drunk. But also, I don't know if anyone actually really tried in pro sports until the 80s, and that's because people only started getting paid well in the 80s. Yeah, well, that depends on who you ask. Uh, Jim Cornette claims that they made more money in the 70s than they did in the fucking Attitude Era, but... That has to be taken with a massive grain of salt, and in that salt is the word cunt etched into it. Yeah, because he loves things. When he loves something, it's like, Ric Flair made $600 million in 1983. Everyone knows the only reason Ric Flair is not as rich as Warren Buffett is because he bought kamikazes for every person he met for 10 years. Yeah. Do you know how hard it is, you cunt? To be in a fucking grocery store and then buy everyone in there kamikazes, you got to find a bar that delivers in Akron. Gun. <laughs> I guarantee that in a in so in one of the years in the eighties, Ric Flair spent over a million dollars on damaged vehicles. I don't think so. I think that he got people to pay for those damaged vehicles. Like he always probably had a booster who was like. Isn't this guy crazy? He loves to party. And then he's like, ah, I uh, ran over your daughter. You could fix that up, right? What? Anyway, I gotta go. Yeah. Me and Stan Hansen need to go find condoms because he likes to wear them as masks. So he's Bruiser Brody in the bedroom, Stan Hansen in the bathroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is a fun gimmick, though. Johnny Valentine would draw names out of a fishbowl, and then he finally drew Ken Patera's name. So he would draw a name out of a fishbowl, and then it would be all be jobbers, and he would beat them up. Patera appeared on the screen and revealed that he had replaced every sleep of paper with the one that said Ken Patera. Next week, the two met in a 10-minute time limit match, with Patera putting Valentine under a headlock when the bell rang to signify that time limit had expired. Officially, the match ended in a draw, but obviously, Patera on the verge of beating Valentine. This is a nice, easy way to get into it. Also, Ken Patera was lucky that he started wrestling back then when you didn't really have to be good at it. You could just be like, I am in the Olympics. Look at the body. Anyway, I'm going to rest on this guy's chest for 10 minutes, and that's the end of the match. Ken Patero was the last wrestler I remember seeing being in a cape, and his gimmick wasn't he's a wizard. That's how old school he is. <laughs> Kane had a cape for the first time. Of course, and he was a wizard. He could make, he could make fire appear in the ring. This is, uh, he obviously, Patera really enjoyed being a heel way more than a babyface. That's because, as we talked about earlier, you could get drunk as a heel and be mean to children, which is really what he wanted to do more than anything in the world. I mean, it was more important <laughs> to make this point. I think that's what he was doing. And then they were just like, well, we better adjust to him. 
Probably. And this is the interesting thing is like when you look at Ken Patera's career, I honestly thought Kurt Angle was and the WWF will have you believe that Kurt Angle was the first gold medalist to basically be a babyface and or sorry, just to be a heel. And no, Ken Patera was great. And honestly, it sounds weird, but Ken Patera would have been an amazing tag team partner for a guy like Kurt Angle, just being that he's a big fucking goof. Who just stand would stand there in the corner? It's also if the WWF and the Attitude Era w- took a page out of sort of the WCW of the early '90s, where they would pair legends with sort of new guys a- in a manager role. Like it's never talked about how fucking awesome Harley Race was as Vader's manager, and that this pairing would have been amazing. In that Kurt's talking about milk, and Ken's got a flask. Yeah, you'll end up like me. <laughs> You like black women, Kurt. The world's going to know it. <laughs> Fun thing about Kurt Angle. Went on the Howard Stern Show and hard aggressively tried to hit on Robin Quivers. Like, uncomfortable. Not as uncomfortable as John Cena's appearance on it where he talks about how every once in a while he'll just pwn a black lady, but quite uncomfortable. Yeah, John Cena where he just was like, I like I'm real fat. Well, I think that's what wrestlers think Howard Stern is. It's like, oh, here's where I talk about my dark side. And they're like, no, you don't have to. He's like, no, but I will. Yeah, I got to talk to someone, Howard, and you're Jewish. And that's the that's the doctor's people is what John Cena was. <laughs> this is where I talk about what I like. I don't care what anyone says. John Cena might be a very rich and successful wrestler. He is still a man from rural Massachusetts. And I guarantee... His thoughts are real creepy. Like, when recently, depending on when you're listening to this, Nikki Bella released a tweet that might have been about John Cena, and John Cena's reaction to it um, was the most, like, white dude from the East Coast rural move I've ever seen. In that base, he's like, that tweet couldn't be about me because that tweet's about a bitch, and I'm not a bitch, man. And it's just like, yeah, welcome to Massachusetts. <laughs> If I was a pussy, maybe. Yeah. Maybe if I was a fucking lord, but I'm not a lord. Patera wrestles mainly as a heel in the WWF, NWA, AWA. This guy gets a lot of breaks because he is a Olympic gold medalist. This guy is the original Mark Henry, baby. Yeah. Because Mark Henry, he, they just wait for him to become good. And by the time he becomes good, his body is pretty fucking worn down. Also, all his WWF. He is the worst promo in the world, but they just let him have one no he actually you know what he was an okay promo as a heel with a manager because you could see him kind of comforted by the fact he didn't have to carry it oh that's an interesting point yeah like it's so he's just Ken Patera just sort of strikes me as a guy that doesn't realize he's really in the wrestling business like I think he still thinks he's he's just doing um he's just doing wrestling he's just doing Olympics and this is what Olympics are now well, he was just like, hey, do you want to make a bunch of money a year and be a wrestler? He's like, yeah. <laughs> it's not the way that wrestlers are now where it's like, no matter who you are, you have to put in your time. Like Jeff Cobb has been a wrestler for quite some time now, and only now is he getting on television. Whereas it was like, oh, you're an Olympic wrestler. All right, you're on TV now. Like that would have been Jeff Cobb in the 70s. But so he uh, challenges for obviously he challenges Bruno for the title. Uh he um he wrestles superstar Billy Graham, Patera also unsuccessfully challenged uh, Bob Backlund. Of course, he held the Intercontinental title and the NWA Missouri Heavyweight Championship, which were uh, both 
very prestigious titles at the time. He holds them both for a uh, time, and uh, he won Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Most Hated Wrestler Award in 1977, and his finishing move, the Full Nelson, used to injure most babyface opponents. So he has quite a little run going, and is uh, really liked by all the territories, obviously. I mean, who's not going to book the fucking strongman? Yeah, it's also, back up for one second, I just like that he's essentially just everyone's granddad, that in the 70s his big move was the full Nelson. Um, Amy, yeah, I don't, I don't like him, and here's a full Nelson. Gotta get those fingers locked. Um, of course. Train, get out. He's also, he's the perfect thing, because it's also, he is that thing, similar to Andre, he... As Vince McMahon will talk about the airport test in that he will walk through any place and people are going to go like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And in the end, that's all that these promoters want is they just want someone. They they want to spend less money on promotion, more money on just having someone walk around a town. And people are like, you'll tell me that's going to be fighting a thing. Okay, let's go. Yeah. And that's the really when people ask like, oh, why? What's the lure of the airport thing? That is exactly what you just said. It's like. What? Where are you going to be fighting? I'm going to fight this guy. Well, I got to see this. That's all they want. In 1978, he is reunited with his lover and enabler, Ric Flair, in the Mid-Atlantic Territory. Yes, baby. He feuds with Wahoo McDaniel, Ric Flair's favorite wrestler of all time. Um, He was an integral part of the Heenan family in the AWA. And, of course, brought over to the uh, Heenan family in the WWF. He feuds with Hogan. Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel in the AWA, baby. During uh, Heenan's absence in 83, uh, because he had a back to injury, uh, Pantera joined forces with uh, Sheik Adnan El Kahasi and formed a tag team partner, a tag team with Jerry Blackwell known as the Sheiks. Uh, <laughs> who doesn't love wrestling in the 80s, baby? Ladies and gentlemen, and please P- welcome. What did Patera call himself? Sheik Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. There you go, buddy. And they feuded with the, the High Flyers, Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel. By the way, fuck Jim Brunzel and fuck Greg Gagne as the High Flyers. Uh, how, wh- how do they fly high? One time they showed the crowd a video of someone else doing a moonsault and went, that's bad. And then proceeded to arm bar the referee. Hey, Jumpin' Jim Brunzel is a fantastic wrestler. And he was for sure put in that because... Greg Gagne was also in the team because Greg Gagne was in the team and Vern wanted Greg people to like Greg. Also, Jim Brunzel has a history of having tag team partners that are weird men where Jim Brunzel is just like, hi, how are you? I made sandwiches for the whole team. I'm Brian B. Blair. Do you want to fight my fucking son? He got the best of me, but he got to sleep sometime. That's when I hit him with a bat. Okay, maybe no sandwiches then. I want to point out how much Dylan loves the story of B. Brian Blair's son beating him up. Like any time the killer bees are remotely mentioned, I just know it's a countdown to you just going, do you remember that B. Brian Blair's son beat the shit Because B. Brian Blair is one of those dudes. B. Brian Blair is exactly like Ken Patera, where he'll recast every story to be like... Oh. The only reason that guy won is because he's the fucking cops or whatever. But in reality, it's like, yeah, you got knocked out pretty quick by your son. Like, that's hilarious. Oh, yeah. No, B. B Brian Blair is one of those classic wrestling bullies. My favorite type of bully is that can't back it up, still still chatting shit. <laughs> Retelling the story later, too. This is a fun one. Patera and 
Jerry Blackwell later lose their titles to Baron Von Rasky and the Crusher, also known as the Drunk and the Nazi. Mm. I've been a Nazi so long, you like me now. Heil Hitler, let's kill Jews. Sure. <laughs> At least this guy's not Arab. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. It's Minnesota in the 80s. We don't know what you're talking about, but we like your cape. <laughs> so uh, WWF uh, brings Ken Patera back to... Sorry, they brought Ken Patera back. Sorry, they lost the titles. Sorry, they lost the titles in the AWA. Patera and Blackwell did. And then he moves to the WWF and quickly, quickly uh, gets put in prison. <laughs> for the silliest crime in the goddamn planet, which we will talk about. He threw a fucking boulder through the window of a McDonald's. <laughs> what does Ken Patera say happened? Uh, he said that he wanted a hamburger and they were quite rude and he taught them a lesson. And then he said, I had had one peppermint tea and sometimes the peppermint uh, gets me a bit hopped up. So I felt like I just needed to let everyone know that the peppermint was in my tummy and I had to do something about it. So almost. He literally says, here's what he said. He said that he came by the McDonald's and he said, can I get a burger? And then the McDonald people at McDonald's said, you can't get a burger. It, we're doing a commercial. And he said, I'll give you 50 bucks. I'll give you 50 bucks for two burgers. That's what he said. And then the McDonald's said, uh, no, sorry, sir. And then someone who had just been fired there threw a rock through a window like an unrelated teenager just threw a rock through the window and he said oh hey why'd you do that there and he's like oh i just got turned i just got uh fired like two days ago fuck him and i said okay there okay fine and then he walked back to the holiday inn and then when he was there at the desk the um cops came in with him and saito and uh saito uh and then the cops came in and the and the cops were rude to him and tried to uh, tried to cuff him up, and he said, "You don't fucking cuff me." And then he beat up thirteen cops himself. That's what he said happened. I mean, here's where here's the things I don't believe. There's no teenager. I don't even know if there was a commercial. Do you know what Larry Zabisco said happened? Here's what Larry Zabisco Go said ahead. happened. Okay, can you do it in a Larry Zabisco voice? Ah, uh, is that is that it? It's pretty close. It's like oh uh, oh so Patera. Patera comes by, he grabs a boulder, throws it through the window, and says, You'll never catch me, I'm Ken Patera, and I'm staying at the Holiday Inn. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said happened, is that Ken Patera threw the boulder and was like, You'll never get me, I'm Ken Patera, and I'm staying at the Holiday Inn. <laughs> oh man, I hope that that's true. It's very God, good. I hope that that's true. I choose to believe it's true. This is, uh, this, what, this was, of course... This incident happened in Wisconsin, and 16 months later, when he was in the WWF, uh, he was sentenced to two years in prison. Of course he was. They probably wanted to know where the fuck he got a boulder. And then Larry Zabisco also alleges that Mr. Saito beat up all the cops. But, uh, <laughs> Patera did not. And he says he was a bad drunk, which I totally believe. Which, like, he no was a nice shit, guy, Larry. Then he gets no fucking, fucking shit. The, the guy who tried to... Um, uh, Princess Bride, the fucking McDonald's. Yeah, I feel like he can't really handle his champagne. <laughs> and 
And then he said when he was in jail, they tested him, and he's the best at math of all time. <laughs> That's like one thing he said. He's like, you're in the top two percentile. He's like, okay, cool. What? <laughs> That's what he said. I love when he alleges that they tested I... him in gym, and he was like, and then I got arrested because there was a girl cop, and I fucking fucked her, and my dick was too big. Yeah, there's nothing better than when wrestlers lie because they choose such terrible things to lie. I, so he's in jail, right? And then this professor was there. I solved an unsolvable math problem, and then they were like, oh, that's cool. You can just fuck girls in prison for a bit. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and That's when the fucking, they assigned the fucking all the guards for me were girls, and then I fucking... That's how I invented a four-way. I'm the first one to have yeah, a four-way, yeah, 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 and it was yeah, well yeah, with yeah, hot yeah. guards. I'm the first one who ever invented nutting. <laughs> no, nothing came out before me. Before me, you just pissed in the woman, and then I fucking figured out you should. <laughs> <laughs> but he came back 1987 as a face, and they released a video, uh, the Ken Patera story, yeah, claiming they, that I Bobby Heenan that they edited had certain portions out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw. Let me go out on a limb here. They didn't have a part of it where he threw a fucking boulder through a McDonald's and went, you ain't going to fucking catch the Ken man because I stay at the Holiday Inn, not the one around the corner, the one two blocks away, room 326. You aren't good at math. You'll never find me, Ken Patera. <laughs> or the one where he beat up a cop, too, <laughs> or beat up a girl cop. That was definitely the thing that happened. Yeah, yeah. Like the the video was just the uh, CCTV footage of him beating up a lady cop or the lady cop takes the punches, pepper sprays him, and then pisses in his mouth. And and, and in, in the middle of it, Jim... Bur- <laughs> and then Patera's like, this for sex? And then I fucked the lady cop. That's the other thing. Yeah, and then the lady cop is showed and he did not have sex with me. He cried a lot. Like, we had to get him a glass of water with a little pinch of salt in it because he was so dehydrated. <laughs> so they do the classic thing of Bobby Heenan abandoned Ken Patera. He abandoned him. So he starts feuding with the Heenan family, which leads to one of the greatest promos of all time, where Ken Patera can uh, miss, messes up every single word in a two-minute promo, and Mean Gene Oakland almost uh, cries from laughing on camera. Because Mean Gene probably isn't even laughing at that. Mean Gene's just like, ha, ha, ha. What you don't know is I snuck into Pantera's room, and I, I put a little incision in his brain. He doesn't know what words are. <laughs> He's my little. This is very funny, Ken. I'm going to kill your family after this. Ken, welcome everyone to my little experiment. You're stronger than me physically. I'm stronger than you mentally. Let's see who wins. <laughs> your family are already in my menagerie. Oh, Ken. You- Ken, you're from Oregon. My friend Ted used to travel through that state often. Well, I say friend. I more mean protege. <laughs> so he ruptured uh, a tendon on his arm. Oh, I should say this. He was Patera was so for those two years he was paid by Vince McMahon. His uh, wife got a check, but at the end of the two years, Linda McMahon came up to him and was like, "You know that wasn't free. This is actually a loan." So oh, he got every yeah. single. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good stuff. God. So anytime Bruce Pritchard talks about like, oh, Vince took care of him while he was gone, it was like, yeah, well, sometimes he did. <laughs> Yeah, by took care of, I mean he loaned them money without them knowing it. That's not taking... Again, Bruce Pritchard's podcast got harder and harder to listen to, where more and more it just became... It just sounded like a guy testifying at Nuremberg, basically being like, yeah, but, like, it's not our fault. We are the Nazis. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 
I don't know if you know this, but we're evil. I don't know. That was going to be our original slogan. Yeah, like I don't. What What about the muscle-bound man who was raised hating his own father only to become his father? Do you make Do you think that we're moral guys, man? Like, come on. This is very good. I had an earring in the '90s. What about me <laughs> makes you think that I'm cool? So Patera returns to the AWA in 1989 and can't beat Larry Zbysko for the title. This is the part in the AWA where it's like there's no one in the arena at all. <laughs> this is when Larry is the champion because um, uh, Hogan left and they just basically kept the belt on Larry and forgot they were they had a champion. If I had to describe the AWA in this time period, it would be this. I didn't get my phone down to. I didn't get the microphone down to my f- asshole quick enough for that fart to be captured. You're gonna be like, "How did you get coronavirus?" And I'm like, "Did you? This is this is gonna sound insane. Did you fart on your own mic for years? For years, I've been doing that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would lick it. <laughs> I cleaned it with my mouth. But um, then I put it in my bum bum. Does that make it better? Oh, my bum. It does. My bum bum is where I keep my bleach wipes. Uh, check this out, you fucking rat pussy. Uh, <laughs> then he stops being a wrestler, Patera does. What was the last, according to Wikipedia, what was his last wrestling appearance, John? Uh, in 2011, he made a in-ring appearance at Juggalo Championship Wrestling's Legends and Icons event facing Bob Backlund. He lost. <laughs> also... Wikipedia is wrong. It's Juggalo Champion shit wrestling. Oh, is it actually? Yeah, of course it is. That's sick. <laughs> New metal still live and well for the fucking Juggalos, bro. Bro, it's sick. You can't get Corona if you're a Juggalo because you've had too much of it in your lifetime. Yeah, can't get Corona if you listen to ICP. Because the math makes you move fast. How many times has Ken Patera been divorced? Not once. <laughs> Three times. Mm. It was either going to be same woman the whole time or a lot of people. Like it wasn't. It wasn't going to be the the classic dose. <laughs> well, this is the fun part. This is like for sure he's the type of guy who's like a girl marries him because he's like a successful weightlifter, and then he's like, and then that's when I. That's when I can. Can you just go come over here? That's when I beat up Zeus. Uh, my and then the doctor said I couldn't have AIDS because my cock is too big. Yeah, I, baby, 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 baby. You know, <laughs> okay. You know how we have bills. I instead of paying them, I've just been I've just been using the money on. I just been buying apple wine and drinking it in the garage nude when you go to bed. <laughs> Old Kenny boy don't sleep. Kenny boy is just waiting for you to wake up in lady. Sucky, sucky, sucky. Ken Patera doesn't like to be married. Ken Patera is probably really annoying in bars. Oh, there's no way. There's no way Ken Patera isn't just unsolicited telling you he's Ken Patera. Hey, you know me? You know me? Like, he's the kind of guy, I guarantee Ken Patera's in a bar, a girl goes, I could go for some pizza, and he goes, get me a slice, babe. <laughs> so that's Ken Patera, buddy. Oh, I'm go- I'm going home. Ken Patera's going to your home. <laughs> kiss. Let's kiss. Kiss me. Kiss me. What's your favorite thing about Ken Patera? He threw a boulder through a McDonald's window. 
I mean, that's fucking hilarious. There's, it's hard not to be such an unremarkable career defined by one amazing thing. I'm a muscle man. Also, I kind of sucked. Also, <laughs> the best thing about Mr. Saido didn't like by all accounts, Mr. Saido didn't go to the McDonald's with him. Mr. Saido was just at the hotel. A bunch of cops showed up and he was just like, oh, cool. Yeah, that's really good. That's that's, that's really good. That's stuff. what Zabisco says, at least. That's really but I fun. think it's so broken telephone that no one knows what happens because Patera basically alleges that the cops made up the whole story. That's so fun. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, I think my I think my favorite thing about Ken Patera is all the strength challenges. They were very impressive. They're probably the only good thing about him as a wrestler. And I think the worst thing about Ken Patera is his personality. He's clearly like, oh, yeah. Nailed it in one, Dylan. 100%, yeah. What's the worst thing about him? Just the way he behaves and acts and talks to people. If I could get someone to talk about Ken Patera, it would be like his second wife. Because like his third wife, that's the final wife. The first one, maybe you could excuse being young, but the second one is just like... <laughs> and that's when he said, this is your car, and he's shitting my car. He did a fake out like he was going to lift it, but then he's shitting it. Yeah, I guarantee that sh- that, that second wife like has... Many stories that involve the word sofa, shit, and bad excuse. <laughs> so thanks for listening, guys. Uh, if you're listening to this episode, thanks for donating to the Patreon. And you can get us on Twitter and Instagram at the all the usual places. I don't know why I'm promoting anything. You've already paid for this. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Bye 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 bye